It is the 42nd episode of Please Stop the Podcast with Chaz. And Katie. Can you believe we made it to 42? 42. We are eight away from 50. And I was about to think, oh, that's only one more week. But that's not how you do math. But yes. Okay, here we are. Welcome back. Glad to have you. What do you want to talk about? Let's just keep welcoming them back. (laughs) Let's do that for a whole hour. (laughs) For the next eight episodes, we will just be greeting you. Please stop. You're in the new job, the nitty gritty. Yes. I started my new job. I It's my first full week post Soul Cycle, just not having any anything else to do except my cute little tech job. Um, it's going really well. It's definitely a lot to learn. Um, but if I can encourage anyone to do anything in this lifetime, it is to get out of your comfort zone and try something totally different, even if that's a career path that you've never thought about before or something that's totally unrelated to your field you were in previously. It is never too late to learn And it's such a cool challenge to feel like I'm tackling something totally different. It's going really well. I had a meeting with my training manager today, and she said that I'm doing really well. Um, So I'm proud of that. And yeah, it's it's a lot to learn, but it's going good. Katie is very good at absorbing information. She has great reading comprehension. I do. Um, I don't know what yours is. Do you not? I don't have the best. Oh, I have something to say about my literacy rates. Louisiana has low literacy rates, right? So does Tennessee. So that's not that bad. Well, for a while, they had the second highest illiteracy rate. (laughs) America. I was at Chelsea Market yesterday with my friend, and we went into this store. I think it's called Higher Standards. I plan to find out the name so I can stalk and find the short little man with his man bun who clearly has a Napoleon complex so I can make his life a living hell. I am coming for him. I just have forgotten until right now. They had some hand cream, so I thought, in a pump bottle on display, a tester. There's no sinks nearby. It's not like it was a tester near a sink. My hands were dry. I pumped some. It was body wash. No. Why would you put a tester for body wash that's in a pump bottle? No other body wash around it. Just Wait, so one. you thought it was lotion? Yeah, as anyone would. Who yeah. was testing body wash in Chelsea Market with no sinks nearby? Very so, odd. Yeah, and it's a funny thing. So I go up this, to this guy who's working there and this woman who's working there, and I'm like, show them my hand. And I said, do you have any tissues? And the guy goes, Jesus Christ. And I was, I, I kind of laughed because I, th- I thought he was being funny. But then... I was like, you know, that wasn't that funny. So I said, yeah, I gave him the sarcasm back. I was like, yeah, I don't know why you have body wash as a tester on your floor without any sinks nearby. It's a little misleading. And he goes, yeah, we just expect our customers to read. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And to which I wanted to say... I understand a lot of men your height have Napoleon complexes, but not only do you have that, your man bun is probably adding to your insecurities. But you know, sick burn. I'm going to go back and say it. I've been rehearsing. I want you to go back like three weeks from now just to say that to him. I'm, I'm trying to work on detaching 
and I've gotten really good at it. And I've even talked about the inner child stuff and all that. But there's something about a little short, straight man being overly critical of anyone that it's hard for me to sympathize with. And I'm a sensitive person, so I just feel the need to redeem myself and seek vengeance. That is absolutely wild. <laughs> the, woman, the woman was so sweet. She was like, come to our break room. She thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the normal response if you work in retail. Honestly, that guy just sounds like he's miserable. He probably hates his fucking job, which like, can you blame him? You would hate it too. No need for him to take it out on anybody else, but like, <laughs> no need to take it personally. It's more incel behavior. Like, oh, a hot woman with giant breasts made a mistake. <laughs> Let me crucify her and make her feel degraded. This is my chance. Yeah, that was a little update from my week. I just wanted to feel power over the giant breasts. That's what it was. Yeah, well, it kind of worked. He hurt my feelings. Don't give them what they're trying to get from you. Don't even give it to him. Although, please do go back in three weeks and tell him what. Tell him about himself. I'm definitely going back. I can't wait to hear the update on that. My weekend was so good. Honestly, I just worked on training for my new job for a lot of it because I started late. I don't remember if I talked about that last episode, but I started training for my new job three and a half days behind the rest of the people who started training with me. So I was just playing catch up for a lot of the weekend, but I did do one thing that was so fun and so festive, and that was that I decorated for Christmas. I know... A lot of people will crucify me for that because I don't know what people's fucking obsession is with Thanksgiving decorations. Like, that's a thing. They're like, me, 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 Thanksgiving. Give it its time. This is my please stop. Please stop being so obsessed with Thanksgiving. Just decorate for Christmas. It makes your home cozy. It brings joy or holidays, whatever that means for you. Hanukkah or whatever. But, like, if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, why wouldn't you want some festive decorations up if, like, family's coming over? You're having company. People are going to be around. I want a beautiful lit up tree to show off my ornaments for a little bit longer. It's time. It is time. What the fuck is Thanksgiving decor? What is that? You get a turkey to put on your nightstand? What? What? Deli meat? Yeah. I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I threw out all my pumpkins. I'm done with the decor. I'm not a Christmas decor person. I don't like to store things. I think we've been over that. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I have no idea, to be completely honest. I am I love Thanksgiving. Usually I do a big Friendsgiving with like a bunch of friends. Last year, that kind of, it didn't fall apart just like due to COVID. Like a bunch of people ended up staying in or, you know, like not coming over for Thanksgiving because COVID was really bad last winter. Um, and so that's kind of disbanded as of this year. And I don't think I'll be doing that. But I I don't love Thanksgiving food. I don't think it's worth all of the work that it takes. A dry ass turkey and like some jelly cranberries from a can. I just don't need it. I'm excited for this year because I'm going to try something different, which is like do a completely different thing and like cook something really extravagant, like kind of complicated, but just like not Thanksgiving related, but that I ordinarily wouldn't have time for to spend all day in the kitchen on. But I'm going to cook something that I actually like. And I haven't figured out what that is yet, but that's what I'm going to do. Well, it's interesting because the last four Thanksgivings, if I'm adding it up correctly, or maybe three, I spent it with my most recent ex's family. And the best thing I ever, well, it was always amazing fun times, but they every single year would make a 
situation from Momofuku. Oh, yeah. Yeah, literally. We were thinking about making like an Asian, like a pork bun or maybe like trying to do like a Peking duck or something. Little buns. And yeah. So I think it's that direction. I think if you're going to put all that energy into something, you might as well do a meat, not turkey. Yeah, you might as well just do something that you like. And if turkey's your thing, go for it. If you're a purist, absolutely do you. I, It's not like I'll never do that again. I do like the sides for Thanksgiving. So I'm sure I'll go back to traditional at some point. But if you're going to have the opportunity to put a bunch of work into something, why not make it something you really like or you're excited to try? Yeah, it was really refreshing to not have turkey. Speaking of which, this is my first Thanksgiving without my ex's family. What are you going to do for Thanksgiving? Well, ironically enough, his family's coming to town. and his <laughs> You're about to say I'm spending it with this family. I joked with him because he texted me. He's like, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Are you in town? And I was like, are you? And he's like, yeah, my mom's, everyone's coming, spending it at my apartment. And I, I was like, okay, so I'm invited. I've joked, but, you know. And then his, his mom texted me. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? And I was like, look, I have I have some options, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I just want to make sure you're not alone. I'm like, no, I'm not. Oh, that's so nice. It's very sweet. It's still a warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm not saying I got a formal it, – yeah. Anyway, that was that. But I got invited to a friend's house in Florida with her family, which is very tempting. And then I got invited. <laughs> I was on it. A date this weekend and he was running late and this stranger sat next to me talking my ear off he originally told me he wanted to meet me because he thought he could make a lot of money off of me to which I was like oh my god I'm about to slap the shit out of him sober but he he specified he did not mean sexually he meant I seem like a good person to network with And then he slipped me this folded up card and he said, do not open this now, open it later. And so later on the date, me and the guy opened it. And it was his, the guy, the stranger's phone number inviting me to a Thanksgiving dinner. And I was like, is he a promoter for Thanksgiving? (laughs) It was so bizarre. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. Great. No, um, I still haven't decided. I'm going, I'm handing out turkeys to people in need next Monday. That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I I believe Thanksgiving is for the family that you choose. Like whatever that means to you, whether that's your good friends, whether that's your boyfriend or a person you're dating or the good people of New York City who are in need of turkeys. Thanksgiving is for your chosen family. Christmas is for your family family. I believe that's the way it should be. Every year for every holiday, I have someone's family, normally a boyfriend's or a girlfriend's, whoever, to latch on to. This is the first year I have the options. I just genuinely don't know if I need to take them. I'm, I just saw my mom and I'm feeling very fulfilled by that and I am replenished emotionally with the family things. So I Let's say I go to dinner with a girlfriend and that's all I do for it. I'm fine with that. I don't know. That's if you- still a great Thanksgiving. I mean, I've done that too. I've done like a two-person Thanksgiving. I've done Thanksgiving at a restaurant before. The whole point is the opportunity to be grateful for the things in your life. And what better way to celebrate the great things in your life than going to dinner with a good friend? I'm really looking forward to our Thanksgiving episode because you and I should focus on our gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be interested, but I think it would be nice for us to take the opportunity to really 
document what we're grateful for within the last, since the last Thanksgiving. Yeah, I want to hear why you're grateful for me. I just want to hear you thank me the whole episode. I would also like that for the following episode for you to be thanking me. Okay. Host Thanksgiving. All of our listeners. This episode is just us greeting people. (laughs) Next episode is me saying why I'm thankful for you. And every episode from here on out is just you telling me compliments. Yes. Okay. So that's the podcast now, guys. I hope you're I hope you're excited for our new journey together. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, Chaz actually has an excellent little segue that she just made into something that we wanted to talk about. Do you want to talk about relationships with exes parents and families? Yeah. You know, when I broke up again with my most recent ex, everyone said it's not sustainable to stay friends. You need to have a clean break, all this stuff. And I I said that. Everyone did. They all doubted. They said it's not healthy to maintain a platonic relationship or a flirtatious one or romantic, whatever. But, you know, it's going very well. It actually is quite sustainable. It works a lot. It's more sustainable than a serious relationship. I'll tell Mm -hmm. you that. So it's been great. And I've also maintained a close relationship with the family, too. I text... With my ex's mom, she will text me weekly, sometimes daily, depending that on the is week. Wild, yeah, and it's not—it's really not um, decreased. Like it's been very consistent and constant. Do you like it? I love it. As someone who isn't attached to their own family, I'm an only child. I'm close with my mother, somewhat close with one cousin. Newly just met a second cousin. I'm 30 years old. I love keeping these relationships. With my ex's parents, even my ex-girlfriend from a decade ago. I'm still I still talk to her brother and her mother and her. Occasionally, I'll always stand by it. I don't believe in treating any relationship like a death. I like to salvage what I can. And I don't know, I really get close with parents and I just love having maternal, paternal relationships with the parents, regardless of if I'm dating their son, friends with their son, friends with benefits with their son, you know. Do you think that the mom harbors any, like, hope that you would get back together with her son? It's funny because she actually will ask me about my dating life and give me input, all of that. She's cried a lot in the, like, not a lot, but occasionally she will cry when, like, we've hung out before. And I don't know if she harbors hope. I know she's very sad about the breakup and very confused, or at least was. But, you know, I think I did a good job of explaining to her my reasoning behind it. And I think she accepts it. I think people are always underlyingly hopeful just for both parties to be happy. And Mm -hmm. if that means together, great. If that means apart, great. But she has not expressed to me anything specific like, do you think you two are going to get back together? She just kind of indirectly will say, are you dating anyone? If so, who send me pictures? So I think maybe she's assessing for that that way and hopes like, oh, she's still single, you know, but I don't, I don't know. I haven't, we don't really talk about that. We really do have a relationship outside of me and her son. We talk about things that are relevant to she and I. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for you. Whatever works. I am not a person who can do that. I am like a cold cut off. Like I cut the cord. I think that is the kindest thing, both for me and for the other person usually, because at least in my experience, 
breakups are so emotionally difficult for usually one person more than the other. And so if you're the person that it's like really hard on you, then you're not really helping yourself move on or move forward to just like hang on to the past and keep that tie. And then if the situation is reversed where like it's easier on you, but it's really hard for the other person, you're just hurting a person that you like ultimately really did care about by like keeping that door open for them. You know, like I just never want there to be any confusion. Like this is over. I am done and moving on. So that's why I do the cold cutoff. That being said, I still believe in being like kind and, you know, if like a parent were to ever reach out to me, it's not like I would just ignore them or ice them out or be rude to them. My high school boyfriend's mom actually recently reached out to me like a couple weeks ago asking for photos of this like trip that her son and I took several years ago, right when we got out of high school. And she was like, I'm putting together a Christmas present for him. I want like, I'm looking for photos. Do you have any? still and like how are you how's your life blah 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 are you still in Austin like it was really cute and so of course it wasn't like I ignored her but went through found the photos sent them off I was like I'm sorry I'm in a lot of them it's kind of weird I know he has a girlfriend now but like you know they're nice memories I thought like if he doesn't have them you guys should have them um and it was so cute it like it did give me like the warm fuzzy you know mom feeling and she was like if you're ever back around town I hope you come see us I would love to hear about you like want to Just like glad to hear you're doing well. It was super cute. But I don't think you lose that by just like, you know, not engaging regularly. I think it's okay to have some space. I mean, in the beginning it fluctuated because I didn't know, I needed time to really reacclimate and to redefine roles and all of that. But then I realized, no, I think it can work just fine. And it has. I mean, for instance, we still, we share an HBO <laughs> it's I share an account with every man I've ever dated. I am out here for the subscriptions on my television. No, I'm talking about me and his mom share an account. Just us, not me and him. It's like very cool. We aren't all also on your HBO account. You're on it too, I think. You, your ex's mom. Yeah, yeah. A happy family. It's just whatever works. But you know, we're here. We are a year later. It's better than ever so whatever I even when she comes to town I we he and I have discussed us all like hanging out just to re you know to catch up with his mom like I want to see her I care about her a lot you invest a lot into people and it's nice to be able to maintain that I guess it just depends on how quickly you can move on like emotionally for me I think less than a year later, I don't think I would be emotionally removed enough from the situation to be like, to be able to act normal around someone's family. I would just be uncomfortable, I think. But I mean, now if my high school, my high school boyfriend's parents were in Austin and wanted to get lunch, like even with him, I would be like, all right, why not? Like I have no emotional connection to this anymore. Right. I find in myself, I think we've talked how in that relationship with him due to his issues, I was very anxiously attached and emotionally all over the place. But outside of the relationship, now I'm secure attached, borderline avoidant. So it's not that I don't have the emotions. They're there. It's just I'm capable of having emotions for other people too. I don't know. It's kind of like I have such a carefree, casual mindset. Like I still have a lot of love for the family, for him, everything. But I also am having a lot of love for my single life and for new experiences. And so I've just basically redefined everything. But 
it's ideal as of now. I did go on a date this weekend and was invited to go to the West Coast with him after talking for 20 minutes on Wednesday, which I kindly declined because that's overwhelming to me. That's a bit much. But there's this famous doctor on TikTok who I've had a crush on for about a year. We started interacting with each other, like DMing, and he wants me to come meet him where he lives. I won't say where he lives, but it's not that far. It's like a four-hour commute on the Amtrak. Have I told you this yet? No. What doctor? Can I look him up? (laughs) I'll tell you so you don't have to bother bleeping it, but I'll send you. He's, He's got like over a million followers, so I feel safe. Wait, how did you, did you just DM him on TikTok? I thought he was gorgeous and he's an anesthesiologist. So I was like, you know what? This is the, this fits my criteria. This is, he's fitting my standards. So I DM'd him on Instagram and I said, I did not think he'd be reading it because he has a lot of followers. So I said, you must get so much pussy. (laughs) And he replied he thought it was hilarious and I said oh my god I didn't think you would actually read that and then we've been chatting on and off for a few months but then recently he just followed me and we exchanged phone numbers and he was like no I I said well you still haven't come to NYC and he was like well you should just come to where I live and I thought he was joking but he's like no seriously so I'm like wait really (laughs) so now we're setting this up Maybe first weekend of December, I'll go visit him. Oh, shit. Maybe you'll spend Thanksgiving with him. (laughs) I probably could, but... (laughs) Also, brief update on the Kava love interest. So I'm going to change his name, even though we already said his name. But since I actually am actively seeing him, I feel weird saying his name again. So we're going to call him Chris. Kava Chris. Kava Chris. So this was the guy. Now I'm not going to be able to remember what his real name is. And when you say his real name, I'm going to be like, who? <laughs> You'll remember. So I met up with him. Finally, we united. I'll was he as hot as you remembered? Hotter. No way. Yes. Younger, though, too. <laughs> so he, without saying too much, it, it turns out he is actually an active frat boy who's graduating nursing school this year. He's not that young, but he's young. But he's very mature, very sweet, such a gentleman. We had a phenomenal date, and he's invited me to do karaoke at the Kava Bar this Thursday. So date number two. The Kava Bar does sober karaoke? Yes. Apparently, if you drink enough Kava, you will get a legitimate buzz. So I don't know. We'll see. Isn't – okay, correct me if I'm wrong here, and definitely do your own research. Aren't large amounts of Kava not good for you? Large amounts of pretty much – anything that's going to affect your liver? No. But he said if you just drink two of their strong drinks, you get a really decent buzz. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me try it. And I asked my doctor, I had a telehealth today and I was asking her about it. She's like, no, this is a wonderful alcohol alternative. Guys, I'm still doing my sober month. We're on day 22. By the time this episode releases, it'll be almost day, it'll be like day 26 or something. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I wanted Katie to talk about times she's been sober on a date, the date's been sober, or a guy was too drunk. Like, I want her to tell some of her stories about that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I have have done sober dating before. Uh, When I first moved to Austin, I matched with a guy, I think it was on Bumble, and he was 
a hundred percent sober. He was he was like a former alcoholic, had stopped drinking, was like entirely sober for that reason. And so I did go on a couple of sober dates with him. It was actually really nice. It was cool to get to know someone without I don't know without feeling like you needed social lubricant or whatever it was. We on our dates we did super active outdoorsy things. We would go to the park and hang out, or we would go on a hike. Or he took me to this uh, like state park in Austin that has a bunch of waterfalls and like natural pools and stuff. It was really cool to just kind of walk around nature and get to know one another. It felt almost like when you date growing up, right? Like before bars and going out and any of that gets to be part of it, it kind of felt like young, like young love almost. But it was really cool. He was a super, super nice, super cool guy. Ultimately, we ended up parting ways. I just think we weren't super compatible in maybe just life and like where things were going to lead us ultimately, but he was wonderful. Are you having Thanksgiving dinner with his mom? Yes. In fact, I am. She invited me to Thanksgiving dinner and I will see both of them very soon and I'll let you know how it goes. No, it was great. But I think also my choices in men have really, really changed from what they used to be because I definitely used to go for a more life of the party vibe in a guy. And since I moved to Austin, I've kind of very much pivoted to the opposite of that because I've dated guys who have a problem with alcohol before who, you know, come home at night and will just drink a six pack of beer to themselves on a random Tuesday. And that was always really alarming to me or like someone who would drink so much that they couldn't walk straight or would be staggering around or would be like falling over and embarrassing. And I have never been that person. I've never like, I don't really black out very often. If I'm drinking, it's because I genuinely like the taste of whatever I'm drinking. And Chaz and I are really different on this. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast. So like, I think it makes so much sense for Chaz to be exploring sobriety and, you know, not because she has a problem necessarily, but she doesn't even like the taste of most alcohols. She doesn't drink it because she enjoys it. And so it makes so much sense to me why she would be exploring some alternatives to that. But for me, I I do enjoy the taste of like wine and champagne and like nice bourbon. Like I like that stuff because I like how it tastes more than I'm trying to get fucked up off of it. And so for me, the point of drinking has never really been about drinking to the point that I black out or like lose my self-control or anything like that obviously it happens and like if you're having fun sometimes you get carried away but like it doesn't happen very often at all but at the time when I was dating these particular kinds of men it was so unattractive to me that they would lose control like that and it made me see them as less of a man who's taking I'm very traditional people know this about me but like I believe that they should be taking care of me and making sure that I'm safe. And how the fuck are they supposed to do that when they're falling over in the streets of New York City almost getting hit by a cab because they're so drunk? That pisses me off more than anything. And that would just make me lose respect for them. And so since I moved to Austin, honestly, I haven't really dated guys that are big drinkers. And I think that that has influenced me in a really positive way because everyone knows in New York City – You know, it's kind of Disney World for adults. You can get fucked up every night with very little consequence because no one drives. And it, I mean, people say it all the time. It breeds like this culture of high functioning alcoholics in New York City. Even if you're not falling into that camp, I think it's really easy to just fall into the trap, especially over COVID. A lot of people got into that habit of just drinking every night, right? Just a couple glasses of wine, whatever, whatever. And I'm really grateful that... I like have influences in my life that 
aren't interested in that at all. And I think that's a product of like men that I've dated in the past being a bad fit for me because that was what they were interested in. I've dated recovering alcoholics, which are actually amazing people because they're so self-aware. They're so motivated to constantly improve themselves. Actually, I'm currently dating someone who is fully sober right now. And we went on a date this week and it was one of the best dates I've had in so long. I mean, we have the same favorite comedians, things like that. We have a, all the, the list, everything on my list is checked, which is intimidating to me because anytime I meet someone who checks everything, I'm like, well, shit, I don't want anything serious. So I don't want to like anyone that much. So I did something really awkward and I immediately asked Katie her feedback because the date was phenomenal. Neither of us were drinking. I will say sober dating for me, it has been phenomenal. I can actually remember minute details about the person. Mm -hmm. I can feel so confident because I lose confidence when I feel out of control. And by being so in control of everything I'm saying, I just, my personality kind of just beams. With our, with th he, we realized over three hours had gone by and we were shocked. Those are the best dates when they just fly and you're like, oh my God, we've actually spent the whole night together. Yes. And when I drink, I don't eat for some reason. My appetite goes out the window. And so I just have been eating all of this new cool food. I tried pate and sardines, which sounds gross, but it's like cat food, but I liked it. I don't know. I just ate a ton of really good food, tried some new things I hadn't tried and had amazing conversation. And it's weird because it was time to say goodbye. And he's such a gentleman. He was like, I'd love to walk you home. And it was slightly raining. I was like, that that's my time to decompress after dates. I do like to walk alone. And I would feel bad because you don't live anywhere near me. Also, there was a time I dated this creepy guy who would always walk me home. And I really moved slow sexually. And this guy didn't respect those boundaries. And he would conveniently always have to pee when he got to my house. And so he would invite himself upstairs. That's the worst. This is actually the same guy who was, this was another guy who was fully sober back in 2014. It was Lana Del Rey's cousin's best friend. He was fully sober, but would highly encourage me to get wasted, which is, I'm a grown up. I should not have done that. It's not his fault, but I did because I was really young. And one night I was borderline blackout. He's fully sober and he's aggressively making out with me. I might've told the story. So if I did just listen again, but he rips my shirt, almost rips it completely off. He took it off and it ripped down the middle. And then when I would not reciprocate sexually, like I didn't want to have sex, he said, okay, well, I'm tired. You got to go. And basically kicked me out of his apartment in bumfuck Brooklyn at night. There's barely streetlights and it was a winter storm. The sidewalks were iced. So I couldn't get traction because I was drinking and I could, everything was iced over this really nice giant man saw me, which, you know, at night alone, normally that's terrifying, but I was so desperate to have someone help me walk and navigate because I didn't have phone service. He walks me to the train and he was a lifesaver. And to this day, I'm so thankful for that man. Aww. New Yorkers are great sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm weird about guys walking me home, not because I didn't feel like that, that way with this guy from this weekend. I really liked his company and felt very comfortable. I just, I felt shy. And I just, I, after three hours of nonstop talking on sober, you know, you do get a little socially burnt out. So I did want the time to decompress. And it's and totally okay to set those boundaries for yourself. Even if you did have a great time on the date, 
it's totally okay to be like, hey, I'm not ready to be walked home yet. Like, that's an intimate thing. Yeah. And he had already said during the date, he's like, well, we should, he started naming activities he'd like to do with me next time. So to remind him I was into him, I said, but I still am down for our third date. And I named some of the activities to let him know that I'm into him. But then he leaned in to kiss me and I thought he was going to kiss my cheek. So I gave him my cheek. And then I was like, fuck, I hope he doesn't think I friend zoned him. So my awkward ass goes, I'm not friend zoning you. I'm highly attracted to you. I just moved slow. And then I like scurried away. And so it just made me a ball of anxiety. I'm like, did I just sabotage this? Why am I being so shy and weird? But you texted him the next day, right? We texted immediately after. Okay, perfect. So I'm sure it's totally fine. I can't wait to hear about the second date. That sounds really cute. Wait, this is the young guy? No, no, no. This guy is the most age appropriate out of all of them. Um, this was technically our second date. So the next date will be our third date. But That's so cute. Yeah. Sober dating. Me and the Kava guy were fully sober for our date. You and your little frat star. Yeah. Love him. I mean, a sober frat star is definitely better than a frat star who's drinking. So I asked him That's what fine. he thought. I was like, so are you ter- how are you not terrified of me? I've been like a psycho stalker with you. And he's like, I think it's a great story. And I'm like, well, don't get ahead of yourself. This is not a fairy tale, happy ending story. This is just a funny, (laughs) weird fucking story. But, you know. (laughs) He's going to fall in love. And then you're going to have to break up with him. And he's going to be sad. But then you'll see him at Thanksgiving next year. So. No, I'll marry. I'll probably end up marrying him. We'll see. On the subject of being sober curious or sober dating or just sobriety in general, Chaz has a really fun thing to share with our listeners. So y'all are lucky if you're tuning into this one. Take it away, Chaz. So our first sponsorship, I guess, exciting. Curious Elixirs is a brand that I've been really – well, now I sound stupid, but curious. (laughs) (laughs) Curious. I already fucked that one up. They regret ever sending us anything. Never mind, guys. Just forget it. No, I have been really curious to try them because obviously I'm doing my sober month, so I'm trying to find alcohol alternatives. And they were kind enough to send me a few different types to try out. So basically, they are curiously complex, booze-free cocktails and that are infused with adaptogens to help you unwind. And each one does a little something different. So they sent me number one, three, four, and six. Number one is an antioxidant rich drink. (laughs) (laughs) Have you tried all of them? I'm sorry I'm interrupting your copy, but okay. No, no, it's okay. I've tried all of them. They're all incredible. Um, So they also sent me, the other one they sent me is number three. That one's my favorite. This one, if you're pregnant, though, you can't drink it because there's ashwagandha in it, which is um, could hurt your baby. Don't drink it if you're pregnant. But this is my favorite one. This one, I felt a pretty good buzz, which I was skeptical because I don't really – I'm not into CBD and stuff like that. I don't think it works, but these work. Um, what do they taste like? Each one tastes a little different. So number one is supposed to taste like a – a bitter orange lemon peel gentian rhodiola. <laughs> what? Tastes good. I was with you at first and that sounds nice. I don't know what the fuck you went on after. The man bun guy is right. I can't read, but I sounded it out. Number three tastes really good. It's juniper, 
orange blossom, lemon, verbena, and then the ashwagandha. But that one is the, a very good mood booster. It also improves your memory. The other one, number four, that one. Good luck editing this, Katie. Number Honestly. four <laughs> is my first sponsorship, so be patient. You're doing number, great. I'm proud of you. Number four is a Sicilian blood orange green mandarin spritz. Oh, that that one, sounds nice, too. Yeah, it's got turmeric, rhubarb root, holy basil, ginseng. That's another mood booster. This one's more for stress relief, but it also builds immunity. It says that they're mouth-pleasing, mind-soothing, body-boosting, booze-free, botanicals. And then the number six one is just a canned one. So they all come in like a glass container. So it feels like you're drinking a, a fancy beer or something. Mm-hmm. Or a kombucha, but yeah, but they also have a canned one that's really yummy, number six. So yeah, if you're if you're curious about doing a sober month, or especially in January, that's the time to do it after the holidays. I highly recommend Curious Elixirs. And I have a promo code for you all. It's Chaz10, C-H-A-S-10. You'll get 10% off. I think it's only good for November 19th. So you just, there's a small window, but... Yep. So if you are one of the first to listen to this episode and you're curious about Curious Elixirs, but um, try it out. Link in bio. <laughs> link, link in bio. I don't think there will be a link in bio. Probably not. But try it out. Uh, we will post Chaz's code on the episode description in the notes. So it will be there in case you can't remember four letters and two numbers. Chaz 10. Good job, Chaz. That was great. Um. Okay. <laughs> let's move on yes I would love a therapy update I'll give a therapy update therapy's going well um I've been consistently attending therapy for I think five weeks now um and I really really like my therapist that I'm working with I'm gonna have to start paying her soon which kind of sucks because therapy's expensive but it's definitely I'm like starting to actually get into it now so I think that it's worth it I guess I reached the point this week where I like didn't have anything else to talk to her about. We were done emergency processing, which is what she called it. When basically when you start therapy and you're, you're in crisis and everything's on fire and you're just like, everything is wrong. This is what's going on. And you like cry a lot. And that was what I thought all therapy was. And I was just like, okay, now I have to find something every week to talk to her about even if nothing bad happens or even if I'm like if I feel okay and I'm not upset and so I finally hit that wall this week and I was just like I don't really have anything else to talk to you about but like we still have half an hour and I was like what do we do and then I like she explained to me and I realized that what I had been doing is not the actual point of therapy which is what I thought it was to just like tell someone your problems and have them listen help you work it out or help you figure out your own answers I thought that was the whole point but no, there's actually like way more to it, which, you know, I suppose it makes sense why people get master's degrees and PhDs and shit in this. <laughs> the whole point is to get you to that neutral place where nothing's really emergency, like wrong, so that you can then go and actually do the work and like the inner work on yourself and talk about thought patterns and stuff like that. So I finally got to there and that was really exciting. Can I ask how you... Well, maybe that's too personal, but can you tell us as much as you can about how you got to there? Because you've talked about the homework she gave you. I think you did. Like, what tools is she providing you with to reach these resolutions? 
Yeah. I found that when I actually did that piece of it, I didn't need as much of that as I thought I did because grief can feel really big and overwhelming and heavy. If you do genuinely like give yourself grace and give yourself time and space to feel that, to feel that sadness, it's weird to say, but like it doesn't feel quite as heavy afterward because you're like, okay, I like I had my time to feel that. And like, it's weird that the brain works that way. But I get again, this is why people go to college for this shit, because I don't know this. That's how your brain works, as it turns out. (laughs) And so that was really actually very helpful. And then the other piece of it that was really helpful was just, I mean, talking to someone and having them ask questions and having her sort of help me develop my own framework for handling things as they would come up. Like, I was stressed about a conversation I needed to have with my family and was able to get to a place where I had that conversation that I didn't even realize that I was stressed or upset about it. But having the time and space to work through things once a week for an hour actually brought that up for me. And so I was like, oh, shit, I actually like need to address this. And I feel way better about things now. It is interesting. You say it's a lot more obtainable than you thought to move past these barriers and to get some progress going. I think I've said this before on the pod, things that we really should teach ourselves the most in practice is we just need to realize anxiety stems from inaction. If we just do the thing we're avoiding and stop procrastinating it and stop dwelling on it, because I think depression also hugely stems from dwelling a lot of our problems will be solved and it's not as difficult or unobtainable as we once thought. We just have to start taking the steps to move forward. It's when you're stagnant and immobile, things accumulate and snowball, like negative emotions. Taking the steps, leaning into it, feel the grief, have the phone call, do the work, you will move forward. It might not be in a direction you hope for, but it's still forward movement. And in the end, you will be getting closer to some sort of resolution. So very proud of you as always. Thanks. So my full stop is please stop lying to yourselves that men are dumb because they're not. They know what they're doing. We look at men as these clueless beings, even though like, let's say for instance, I have a boyfriend who's at the top of his company in tech or real estate or something like You're all dating people you're attracted to based off of their intelligence, their success, their ambition, their work ethic. They're grown adults who have the mental capacity and the critical thinking skills to know what they're doing. Don't just say, oh, he's not texting me or he's not treating me right or he's not taking me out to dinner because he's just dumb. He's a guy. They're so dumb. No, they're not dumb. You're just making excuses for them because you don't want to deal with the reality that they actively are doing what they're doing and knowingly aware of the outcomes of it. They just don't care. I think it is so crazy and so outdated. This men are from Mars, women are from Venus bullshit way of thinking. And it kind of does tie back into therapy and mental health. Everyone is just a human being. Everyone is just a person. Men are just people and glorifying them and saying, oh, they're this whole separate entire species that functions totally differently and their brains are different, da 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 Number one, that puts them on a pedestal that they absolutely don't deserve. And number two, it just discounts that they're human. There's this huge issue where men are not okay or comfortable with being vulnerable in American society. And part of that is this bullshit assumption that they don't have feelings the same way that women do or that they don't 
care the same way that women do or feel pain the same way that women do. And they're just, they're just stupid boys. And like, they just didn't plan the dinner date. It's like, no, that's a real fucking person with their own shit, their own trauma, their own life that they are working through. You might not be their number one priority. So like that involves you getting the fuck over yourself to look at the human being on the other side of your relationship. And if you can't do that, maybe you shouldn't be in a relationship. Men are just as actively aware of their emotions as women. They might not be as good at showing them. Straight men stereotypically stifle emotions that make them vulnerable, whatever. But do not discount them. Do not think that they're just completely unaware and clueless because they know what they're doing. This whole idea of we have to treat them like dogs. We have to train them, reward the bad, ignore the... I mean, reward reward the good, ignore the bad. I used to say that. And I realized I was lying to myself because I didn't want to deal with the reality that my partner, he's a toxic partner. And I can't keep acting like, oh, I just have to train him. I have to keep communicating. He just isn't aware of what is inappropriate or appropriate. No, they're aware. They're just playing dumb because they know that's the way you'll excuse the behavior and they can keep repeating it. It's just like if you're at a job and you pretend to be bad at the task you're, you've been given so they don't ask you to do it then. It's, yes. the, same, it's the same concept. A hundred percent. Like, yes, that I think this is one of the most important things we've maybe ever said on this podcast. Like stop treating men like they are stupid and stop treating them like they are not a human being. Just don't glorify them that way or and also don't discount their intelligence that way. <laughs> lesbians as well this goes for everyone (laughs) yes we're we're being gender what is this we're being heteronormative right now but this applies to all relationships everyone's a fucking person just treat them like that yeah I think a lot of people make this excuse for masculine people whether it's a masculine lesbian or straight male or a masculine gay man it's just something that stereotypically feminine people make this excuse for stereotypically masculine and we gotta stop it also beauty blenders. Yeah, what's your beef with beauty blender? I've never had no, that's a lie. I have one. I don't know how to work it though, so I don't use it. What's wrong with it? In my opinion, since they came out, I think it's been a scam to get you to buy more foundation and concealer quickly because it absorbs it and it's harvesting bacteria. There's no way that is That's what I always think. I'm like, that thing is not clean. Use your fingers. Your fingers warm up the product and blend it and don't absorb it. And your fingers are clean every single time. And you have different sized fingers for different sized parts of your face. <laughs> also promo code for fingers. Chad <laughs> The fingers, they come in different sizes, and it's really optimized for putting makeup on the face. That's why humans evolved to have sized fingers. If you've ever been curious about fingers, try Curious Fingers. (laughs) Code Chaz10. If I ever was a porn star, which, again, I thought I got mistaken again this week as one, but I did. Oh, not a porn star. (laughs) I was like, what? <laughs> this is the turn. Honestly, that was a complete mind fuck. If I I did mean porn star. No one anyway. Curious Fingers would be my porn star name. I love that. On that note, everyone, thank you so Bye. much for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed our advice. Send the episode to a friend as usual if you enjoyed it. Please leave us a review. That's it. Just do that. You know. Yeah. Use Chaz's code. It's Chaz10. Beautiful people of the world, give thanks, rejoice, be grateful for us.
tell us thank you and drink your curious elixirs. Okay. Um, next week. Good. Bye. Bye. <laughs>